EFTM Tech Cars Lifestyle This is the EFTM Podcast with Trevor Long EFTM Busy week and uh, great to be sitting here though chatting with you as we push through another episode of the EFTM Podcast uh, thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading. And thank you to all the wonderful people who've left ratings on the iTunes store. I think I have emails from a few of you, um, but I think there's a few of you who haven't emailed. So I can't send you stickers. I've had more than 10 for sure, but I'm happy to send more than 10 lots of stickers. I'm not sure how many of the Aussie ones I've got left, but um, if you leave a rating and review and you take a screenshot and you send it to me, I'm going to send you stickers. All right. There's just almost no doubt about that. So uh, please do, and I appreciate the the kind words and the lovely words you've been leaving there on the show. It uh, keeps me pumped and motivated, as do the many emails I get each and every week, and those emails are what get us the conversations that you're about to hear throughout the show, which is you know people with questions about technology, whether they're their own personal questions or issues or vibes, or whether it's a fundamental question about something how something works. Um, if I don't know, I'll make it up. No, no, I'll try and find out. Um, and it's fun to do that sometimes, so... Don't hesitate to give me a buzz. Send me an email. Uh, just click on Ask Trev uh, on the website. So, uh, yeah, happy to happy to do that at any time. But right now, let's just keep cracking on and get on with the show. EFTM. You're listening to the EFTM podcast. EFTM. Now, there's a bunch of um, bunch of videos I've just put in the can. I'll, I'll publish those over the days ahead. Oh, I can't. Oh, some of them are under embargo. One of them I really want to tell you about, but all I'll say is it's Tuesday and at 11 o'clock tonight, check out the uh, the EFTM YouTube channel or Facebook page and uh, have a look at the new product that's launching. It's about augmented reality and video and music, but that's all I'm going to say. It's pretty cool, like pretty bloody cool. I might try and talk about it a bit more next week, but... Um, yeah, I've put a bunch of videos together. I will publish those. I'm trying to get, as I said last week, I'm trying to get to the point of having one a day, and uh, we're real close to that. Um, I've got a bunch of headphones to talk about. I've just published one about the Unity App Cam Solo Pro, which is a very nice little security camera. And I'll tell you what I just bought um, from the gamesman because I'm a sucker for Lego. A Nintendo Entertainment System made out of Lego. I mean, it's not small. It's a very big unit. It's probably the most expensive bit of Lego I've ever bought. It looks gorgeous. So I, I'm going to find, I'm going to leave it in the box. It's as hard as that is for me to do. I'm going to leave it in the box until I can find a day that I can just go, right, today's the day. Because I want to maybe time lapse it or something. I don't know. <laughs> we'll see. But it looks really, really nice. Um, I've also received a gaming chair from a company called Osim. OSIM, which has massage functions built into it. Off the bat, I'm going to tell you, it doesn't feel like a very comfortable chair. But with the massage function running, it's mind-blowing. I mean, I've just never felt anything like it from a standard chair. So we'll get to that one. There's a lot to get through, okay? There's a lot to get through, folks. And um, we will keep pumping through all those reviews um, as the days and weeks progress. Um, I have a massive, massive giveaway coming, which I'm still not going to tell you about because I don't like talking about things until they're done, but I feel very, very close and comfortable about that. But even before that, I've got our biggest giveaway in a long time, and I'll give you the teaser now. We're giving away a laptop. It's worth over two grand, and I'll probably kick that off either at the end of this week or early next week. So that's exciting because 
I think about these things in terms of how excited people will be. Um, it's funny, I was listening to, to 2GB on the way here. If you're Sydney listening, you know what 2GB is, 4BC in Brisbane, that kind of thing, 3AW in, in uh, Melbourne, 6PR in Perth, a talk radio station. And they're running a thing that they call 2GB for me. Now, I'm from radio, right? That's my background. So I often think about giveaways and promotions in that sense of, you know, how will they excite people? And the excitement people have from winning a thousand bucks, I thought that's like that's half the value of the laptop I'm going to give away, let alone who knows what percentage of the value of the big thing I'm going to give away very soon. But I don't know. I, I actually wonder what excites you most. Is it just anything? Is it the dollar value or is it the specific thing? Um, like I remember when I mentioned in the Facebook group, I, I was tossing around and saying, which car would you love to win? And someone said, oh, I wouldn't want to win one of those. I'd like to win a massive sound system and TV unit and everything. And I'm thinking, I don't think, here's my logic. If I was to ever do such a thing, I don't think the impact of a, you know, big 8K TV sound system, fridge, washing machine, maybe whatever worth 20 grand. I don't think it has the same impact as winning a car, but maybe I'm wrong, but let's just talk laptop. I mean, that's exciting. A couple of thousand bucks worth of laptop. Um, and I think you're going to love it. So um, we'll run that one. It'll start hopefully later this week or early next week, probably early next week because I'm just smashed this week. Um, but it'll be nice because it'll be good to get you to share it around and hopefully give some additional love to those people. And that's my plan right now is to really push hard the additional value of being part of our community here at EFTM. Um, the EFTM community. Um, the Facebook group, for example. Um, look up, just search for the EFTM Man Cave. Um, and hopefully you'll get in, in there if the boys don't reject you. Um, and uh, we'll see whether we can give away additional entries. So the idea there is we give away code words and things like that. So give us a buzz. Uh, hit us up on the website. at Go to the website, eftm.com. Click on Ask Trev. And uh, also join the Facebook group, and we'll hopefully see you there. This is the EFTM Podcast. EFTM. Thank you for listening. If you've got a question, just go to the website, eftm.com. That's exactly what Dorothy did. G'day, Dorothy. Hello, Trevor. How are you going? Really well. What can I do for you? You wanted to ask about DVDs? Yes, please. I'd like to know how to transfer from VHS to DVD. What's the best method? Uh, so how many VHSs have you got? Probably a dozen. Okay, not too many. Now, are you wanting to do it yourself or, or do you want to find someone who can? Because I'll be honest with you, it's a painstaking process. Okay. You know how right now with anything kind of digital, you can just go, hey, let's go 10 steps forward or let's just copy this file. Well, a VHS tape has to be played out in its entirety. So a 180-minute tape, you've got to play for 180 minutes before it can be finished and saved as a, as a file. So okay. you're looking at 12 times 180 or whatever the duration is to sit through and actually get them all ingested if you were going to do it yourself on a computer. Now, it's completely possible, Dorothy. Now, here's the biggest challenge. You need a couple of things. You firstly need a VHS player. Have you got one? Uh, I think we have, yes. So that's good. And then you need a, a little bit of kit that kind of takes the output of the VHS and sends it into a computer. Now, I'm going to tell you straight up, do not put these on DVDs. Okay. You go straight to computer here because then you've got a digital file that you can save onto a disk, onto a little memory card or into the cloud, and it's safe and saved forever. That's critical. In Excellent. In terms of finding that gadget that links your VHS recorder 
to your computer. It's very, very hard. I went to JCar Electronics and bought one, and I'll be honest, it didn't work. The, the software wasn't compatible with modern computers. It was such an old bit of kit. So I actually okay. think your best bet is actually eBay. What you want to look for is is from a company called Elgato. Now, I don't know the exact product name, but the company is Elgato, E-L-G-A-T-O. But if you type Elgato VHS import or VHS copy, you'll yes. find this little gadget. Now, it, it's very small. It's like a little tiny white, uh, not, when I say tiny, um, palm of your hand size uh, little dog. Okay. It's like a dongle with ha- which has three cords coming out one side, and they are your red, white, and yellow. You know those RCA plugs that go in the back of the VHS? Yes. That's what they are. So that, that means that the video is coming out, the audio is coming out. And then, the, then it goes into this little white box, and then the other end is just a USB cord, which goes into your computer. And you, okay. in, you install the software, and what happens is you essentially just press record on the computer, play on the VHS, and... Off it goes, and you know, an hour and a, hour and a half, two hours later, it's done. It's finished. You hit stop. You hit save. You give it a name, and you save it somewhere safe. And okay, that, that's really all that's involved. It's quite a fun process. If you're if you're if you're time poor, it's horrible. Yeah. Well, you, I've got plenty of time, so that's good. And you know what, Dorothy? Just do one a week or two. A yes. Week. If you yes. if you try and say we're going to do this this weekend, oh my gosh, that that would be. It's crazy. Oh, no, no. No, that sounds great. So I think you'll have a lot of fun with it. What sort of things you got stored on those VHSs? Um, all our videos, you know, our wedding video from 29 years ago, um, our kids' videos from when we went on holidays around Australia, yeah. all of that sort of thing. Are you on Facebook? Yes, I am. Are the kids on Facebook? Yes, they are. How old are they now? Uh, my daughter's nearly 28 and my son's 25. You know, you could just embarrass them so well on Facebook. <laughs> If you you take all of those great videos which you've got and uh, you could just make little clips out of them. I think about embarrassing my kids when they turn 21 or even 18. It's going to be awesome because I've got photos from the day they were born just on my phone. I can just find anything. So you'll you'll find it beautiful when you actually have those memories saved digitally. And that's the great thing. You know what? The other... I got married in December 15 years ago and right. uh, f- when the anniversary came up a couple of months ago, I put up a uh, mate of mine um, who we know as the Stig uh, at the time videoed our wedding. I didn't know he was videoing. He just had a camera and he videoed it and he made this okay. absolutely brilliant video clip essentially. It wasn't a one-hour video. It was just three and a half minutes to the tune of the song my wife walked down the aisle to. And I put it on Facebook only last year and it was amazing how many people – that were there, remembered it, and it was fond memories and stuff. It's it's brilliant to bring those old memories. Yes, definitely, back definitely. To life. So that's why yep. I say go digital. Don't go yep. DVD. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So go digital, not 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 onto the DVD. Yeah. Onto your computer. Onto your computer. So then you can play yep. around with it. Learn to learn to edit videos. You'll you'll be able to make some compilation videos for the kids. It'd be great. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Thank right. you very much, Elgato, Trevor. That's excellent. VHS. Enjoy. Yep. Good I've got on, that Dorothy. all written down. Thank you so much, Trevor. Good on you. Thank you. Bye bye. And if you've got a question, like Dorothy, just go to the website eftm.com. Travel along with you, taking your calls. If you've got a tech question, it's very easy. Just go to the website, eftm.com. G'day, Jenny. Hi, Trevor. How are you doing? Very well. How can I help you? 
Uh, so I'm inquiring if um, since 5G is uh, coming in and 4G is and I'm looking to relocate where I live, mm. do I have to install MBN where I am currently at? So what sort of internet do you have now where you live? Beg your pardon? What internet do you have now where you live? Um, I've got ADSL. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, I'm thinking of sort of moving, selling, and uh... just rationalising everything. So I think the big question here, Jenny, is what do you use on the internet? How much are you using the internet? Oh, not a lot, but the thing is by having the provider of uh, Optus or Telstra, I'm locked in with my emails. Oh, goodness, radio. So you've got the good old classic problem of, uh, you know, Someone at OptusNet or someone at BigPond.com and you don't want to have to move away from that. Now, Jenny, I'm going to say to you straight up, you need to move away from that. Um, It's the best thing you can do. It creates freedom. Um, It really does uh, because then you've got the freedom, not just now, but every month, every year, every day of your life, you can change internet providers. You can change everything and not be linked. And it's kind of one of the tricks, I guess, they use. So it's free, completely free to set up an email address with, say, Google at gmail.com or, or Microsoft at Hotmail or Outlook, Outlook.com. And and really what I would recommend, given that you haven't put the house on the market, you're not actually in that process yet, all those mm. things take time. So does transitioning, getting a new email address, easy, free and fast, but starting yeah. to tell all your friends. So the first thing you can do is, you know, obviously email your regular contacts and say, hey, from now on, can you email me here? And then what you can do is you could set up an automatic response to anyone that sends a message to your Big Pond or Optus saying, you know, in in a few months I'm going to not be using this address anymore. Please contact me here. And that will allow everyone to start getting that message. And then in three, four months when you actually do make the switch, you're free. Mm -hmm. You're free completely and you can choose to do whatever you want. Because when you move, Jenny, it is not compulsory to get the NBN. That's the first and most important thing to answer your original question. You do not need to have the NBN. The, the, the NBN provides a kind of whole solution. It's, it's the new pipe into your home. But given, yeah. given wireless, you can have a mobile phone for all your phone calls. Done. That's easy. And they're cheap. You don't need a landline phone. When you move, instead of telling people your new number, you just tell them, call me on the mobile. Easy. No one's paying extra to call you on the mobile anymore. That's pretty old hat. And then with the internet, you're right. 4G, 5G offers great solutions for home internet. Optus probably have the best of the bunch in terms of, um, you know, solutions that, that are cheap and affordable. If you're in their 5G zone, it's like $70, $80 a month to get unlimited internet with them. And that's all you need. And what about the modem setup? Thank you, Trevor. The, been... the which, sorry? So what do you use as the modem? You'll get that with with that. So with Optus, you get this kind of weird, tall-looking cylinder. That is your. It's both the modem, so it has the little SIM card in it, and it creates the Wi-Fi network for you. Um, if you were to go with Telstra, you, you're going to pay a bit more for data, but they also have these little hotspots you can put in your house, and and everything connects to that wirelessly. So it's completely possible to do home connectivity for someone who doesn't need a lot of internet um, mm-hmm. without using the MBN. So Telstra, um, where I'm staying at the moment, which is not where I live, um, and that's with Telstra, disconnected the 
internet and the landline uh, one weekend yeah. and um, left me without internet. So that, that would be because it's been probably been eighteen months since the NBN was available there, and that's that's the deal. If you want a landline phone or landline internet, then you have to make the switch to the NBN within the eighteen months after it becoming available. If you do not, then the NBN assumes that you've gone with a wireless solution. If you do, then you need to just simply choose a provider and, and get connected. And that's that will be the same in your new home as well. So you must have a landline. Uh, you must have MBN if you want to have a landline. Absolutely. But I would highly recommend not getting a landline because you've got a mobile and you don't need a landline. Yeah, but, you know, you're using a lot of battery constantly on a mobile. I mean, most people have a cordless phone on, on, on landline and that's going to use battery if you're on it all the time as well. I mean, you're better off just plugging your phone in more often than, than having the expense of a landline on top of your NBN. But it's your call, Jenny. Hmm. If you want a landline, but, you will need the NBN. Really? Yeah. Well, I didn't know that. Now, the, the other thing is, and I, I did show this on the Today Show, there was a product, there's a product called My Home Phone with an F, My Home F-O-N-E. Now, it looks like a normal landline phone. It's a cordless phone. It, it does all those things. And you can transfer your existing landline number to it. But the secret is it's just a mobile. There's a mobile SIM card in the base station. And that's that's how it gets the phone call out. It's just like a mobile call, but they divert your old old landline number to it so that you can you can receive your old calls no problems at all. Um, but it also has built into it a little Wi-Fi network, so your devices like your laptop or your iPad can connect to the internet through it as well. So it's a very good option, starting at about fifty bucks a month. Yeah, I think it uses three G. No, there's, there's a new one just out that uses four G now. Really? Yeah, that's the white one that I showed on the Today Show. Oh, yeah, 4G. Yeah, yeah, there it is. So I would I would so, recommend giving them a call for sure. So how do you um, tell NBN that you don't want them? Just don't connect. Simple as that. If you don't call them, you won't have a connection. If you don't connect, you won't be connected. But if you have the NBN and you want to disconnect it, then it's just like disconnecting anything else. You need to call your service provider and disconnect. But if you don't already have the MBN, there's nothing you need to do. But that, that ADSL connection will be disconnected. That's that's the way it works, is all those old connections get disconnected in favour of the MBN. Um, I, I see. So do you know when that will happen? It's, it's exactly 18 months after you're first able to get the NBN. Um, right. If you look at the NBN website um, and search your mm -hmm. address, it may give you more information about your specific address. So can you repeat that, please, about when it will be cancelled, the ADSL? 18 months after the NBN is available to you in that premises. Now, you will get a letter. Mm -hmm. You'll know when it's available because heaps of internet right. providers would have sent letters. I mean, you, how many letters do we get? You'll get a few. You know? You'll also yeah. know when it's going to be cut off because they will send you letters saying you haven't connected, you must know that it's going to get cut off. So you'll get letters about the cutoff as well. Oh, Okay. All right. All righty. Well, that's great. No and do you know anybody that's used – thank you, Trevor Long. You're fabulous. Um, do you know anybody that is, is using the 
my home phone. I've I've recommended to a lot of people. They love it. Um, and the new version seems even better because you can connect your individual devices to the internet via it. So it's got that Wi-Fi hotspot built into it. So it's literally all you need. Um, if you don't use a lot of internet. So, and you know what? They're not a they're not a big business. If you call my home phone, I guarantee you, one of the two people who came to my office and showed me will, will answer. Like they're that they're a small Aussie business. Um, so they're well worth giving a call to. And they and they get ninety percent of their of their business comes from people ringing them up, not via the internet. So don't don't feel like you're making a weird phone call. They're used to getting phone calls. It's what they do. <laughs> oh, okay, that's fantastic. All right, Trevor, thank good luck you. with that, Jenny. Um, yep, Trevor, one question, please. So. So when you use wireless with my home phone, yeah. what what's your email address? Well, that's where if you get a Google account, you, you don't have a, an email address with them. With my home phone, you just have a Google account. You, you're separate. You're free from anyone then. You could, in fact, not have my home phone and just have your your mobile phone and your mobile connection and have your own independent email address. So, yeah, just mm-hmm. create some independence for yourself first, Jenny, by creating that Google account. And getting that Google email address—that's the first yeah. step through this new, new road of uh, of freedom from the telcos. Okay. Can I ask you if I sell my house, mm. what will the next owner have to do if they want to connect to NBN? Just they just ring up a telco and say, "I'd like the NBN," and and it. So so there's the only, no limit. No, the, the no. absolutely no limit, no issue. The only thing is that if you've already got the NBN in the home, then it's it's like a two-hour connection, maybe a two-day connection for them to a new provider. If you haven't ever had the NBN, they may need to book a, uh, someone to come out and a technician to do the install, which might take a week or two. So, But who cares? That's the new owner's problem, not yours. Um, so NBN will, will provide an ongoing installation from here on now? That's right, yep. That's their job. If someone needs to be connected, they'll connect. Really? Yep. They'll install. That's right. Thank you, Jackie. All right, Jenny. Well, that's really interesting. Good luck. I appreciate you no worries calling your time. And can I ask you one more question, Go please? Go on. Who's your preferred, Gmail or Outlook? Gmail. Yeah. I live very heavily in the Google Cloud. I like it. It's great for searching up your emails. It's very easy to use. I love it. Yeah, but, I mean, you can have more than one address, too. Absolutely, yeah. Register a few. Go for your life. <laughs> it's free. Can you, can you use more than one provider through Outlook, uh, through yep. my home phone? Yep. Yeah, that's, it makes no – they don't know what you're doing on the internet. They just know you've got the internet. Right. Okay. Well, well that's brilliant. Um, I so appreciate your call, and I hope you're well, safe, and – Enjoy the fresh air and have a good day. Thank you, Jenny. Good on you. That's uh, wonderful okay. to help and uh, provide that information. If you've got a question like Jenny, as lame as you might think it is, remember there's always someone out there who doesn't know the answer and we're trying to help one person directly on the phone. And at the same time, a little bit of information and education for everyone. You're listening to the EFTM Podcast with Trevor Long. This is the EFTM Podcast. EFTM. Well, I got quite heated at the end of the last year when there was an announcement from the, all the telcos joining together and ACMA and talking about scams. It's a really important issue that we try everything we can to, to stop the scam calls that are coming to all of our phones. And not just because I'm annoyed by them, but because I worry about the vulnerable people in society who fall for them. You know, And it's millions and tens of millions of dollars that are, are being lost in scams. And Telstra has made an announcement 
um, that is massive, ge- genuinely massive, and I think they should be called out and congratulated for that. So to talk about that announcement, I'm joined by Narel Devine, who's the Chief Information Security Officer for Telstra in the Asia-Pacific. G'day, Narel. How are you? I'm good, thank you. How are you? Yeah, really well. This is huge. 1.5 million scam calls a week you are blocking. Yeah, quite amazing. So we were manually blocking around a million on average um, and now we've automated that technology and so now we're blocking you know one and a half million suspected scam calls a week or six and a half million a month. Can you give us a sense of what you mean by manually versus automatic? Yeah, so um, manually we were doing a lot of it but we'd have to put those controls in ourselves so there was a lot of human interaction whereas we've had a team of a very small team actually of four engineers um, that have built out a system that automates that whole process so it's a huge leap in technology and a and a great, uh, a great way of showing you how our software has been able to come together to do amazing for us. So, I mean, I'm still intrigued by the idea of blocking a call. Is it about the, the origins of the call, the style of call? Because obviously a lot of these calls are originating um, internationally. They come through different pipes and mechanisms. I mean, they're not your traditional phone call. Nothing is anymore these days, are they? So is it about detecting trends in the style of call? Uh, and, and is that how you, you essentially determine what is a scam and what is not? Yeah, it is. It's about really trends and behaviours. So you're right, they come from everywhere. And if we tried to just block each number as we knew it was uh, associated <laughs> with a scammer, it would be a very long and, and horrible process. So we really do look at those behaviours. And because we look at the, the network all the time, we can kind of do, do, uh, differentiate what right. looks not right. So um, it, it takes a lot of tuning and it does take a little bit of time. But and the, the adversary, like the people that are doing this and the criminals, they're always going to be, you know, they're going to be trying new things too. So yeah. um, it's not going to stop everything, but it's certainly making a huge impact to our customers. And I think that's a critical thing, isn't it? Um, and I've always said, whenever I'm asked about cybersecurity in any way, you've got to remember criminals are always one step ahead of the police. And it's the same with, you know, um, people who are, let's call them hackers, ahead of uh, the, the security engineers. Someone's always one step ahead of the other, and that's the challenge but it's still a huge leap. Is there any risk in the system that it picks up false positives or you know, your, your grandmother from the Ukraine can't call through to you? Is there any risk of that? No, we've been very careful to make sure that legitimate calls go through. And so is, this is obviously just a, a massive part, but it's probably a small part of everything you're doing. I think you talk about the Cleaner Pipes initiative. Talk me through that and, and the, the importance of that for Telstra as an organisation. Yeah, so this is the third tranche of that Cleaner Pipes initiative. So we first concentrated on websites and, and trying to make sure those links that you get that won't won't actually put up the website if it's not something that you want to see. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the second part to that is around SMS scams. Um, so no one likes those either. Um, we're trying to get rid of those. And then this third part that we're announcing today is all around the phone calls. So all three of them really do blend really nicely together. Um, and not only, you know, it's good for our customers, they're the p- p- scam phone calls are you know, annoying for most yeah. people, but they're also costing Australians. Yeah. They cost Australians $48 million last year. So this is not insignificant to Australia. Um, and it's also the way that Telstra can also contribute to the Australian cybersecurity strategy for government. So it, it's good news on a, a number of different levels. Yeah, I, and I, I applaud both Telstra and the industry broadly because there was that announcement I mentioned at the end of last year where it, it felt like a more broader industry approach to this because – we do need everyone working together because it doesn't matter which telco you're with, you're, you're, you're still susceptible. And I think all of our concern is for the vulnerable um, because I would hazard to guess of the 48 million that's reported, um, 
a large part of that is, you know, a senior Australian, for example. And, and that's a challenge for us because we've got to educate and, and there's a lot of trust that those people have in a phone call that comes through, isn't there? Yeah, absolutely. And I think for anything to do with cyber, it really is a team sport. You've got to have everybody talking to each other, cooperating and collaborating. And that's a really strong focus for us. And we want to protect everybody. And they do target people that can be more vulnerable. So it really is. You know, our best advice to everybody is if you get one of these calls, just hang up. Don't, Don't ring back. Don't engage. Don't talk to them. Just hang up. And the other thing I like to say to people, and I think it's it's a nice one for us all to think about, especially those of us who are in some way savvy. Firstly, don't think you're you're um, not susceptible to it. You could fall for it. But also talk to your family, talk to your neighbours, talk to the people who you see in your life that may well be that vulnerable person and just let them know the kind of silly things that they might get called about. You might get called saying you've got a tax debt. You might get called saying you've got a parking fine. You might get called saying something to do with Amazon or, or Microsoft or Telstra. You, you might get a lot of different companies calling you and the fact is they don't call call. That's broadly the, the answer, isn't it? That that's exactly the answer. If it, you know, I think the you know, the saying is very true. If it seems too good to be true, it probably is. Um, and also, you know, these people aren't going to be calling you um, cold, as you mentioned. Um, there's there's call working hours. Most people will call you upon initiation of you calling them first. You know, and if you hang up, if if you want to talk to that company, organisation, person, ring them back on a number that you know and you trust, and initiate yeah. contact the other way. So. Um, but it is really important to talk to all of your family and friends about these. Um, and as I said, just get them to understand that simple rule of hang up. If you're blocking up to 500,000 calls a day, I'll tell you the other thing that makes me think is how many calls are coming across the network every day? Because that, I mean, I'm assuming that's not a large percentage, it's just a percentage. It is staggering the numbers that you deal with as a company, isn't it? And I guess it's that volume that also assists those four engineers in having the data to create this filter. Yeah, absolutely. So um, we do have such a large volume of traffic and we, we see it passing through our network. It does give us a pretty unique look on the world, um, but it also enables us to do some truly amazing things that can reach so many people. So it's a lovely position to be in. It is nice to be able to talk about nice things, isn't it? I mean, especially in your game, um, information security is often just a negative um, world to be in because you're talking about the, the impacts of the, of the scammers, the criminals, whatever it is. But it's kind of nice to have a smile on your face, hopefully, and, and talk about these things in a positive way because not only does it reflect well on those engineers and you as a part of the team, but as, as a business for Telstra, it does feel strongly like you're putting the customer first and, and hopefully solving problems that we ourselves can't. Yeah, I think this is great news for Telstra customers. And, and you know, the one thing we would always make sure is that you know won't stop everything. So even though the expertise and yep. capability vastly reduces the scam calls that reach them, yep. it won't stop everything. So you know, yeah. just remain vigilant. Good on you. That's great advice, Narell. Thank you so much for your time on short notice, uh, Narell Devine from Telstra. Uh, we appreciate your call, and and uh, we appreciate the work your team's doing. That's awesome. Thank you very much. Trevor Long taking your calls. If you've got a tech question, happy to chat uh, anytime you like. G'day, Andrew. G'day, Trevor. Thanks for taking my call, mate. My pleasure, buddy. Um, just have a real quick one for you. I was, obviously, with the tennis on and everything like that, it's not on KO, so I'm used to everything being in HD. Hmm. Now, with Jam and everything like that, it just seemed a bit strange that we're running the, the free-to-air cha- channels are running too like HD and standard. I was wondering, why are we still running standard when most TVs will be HD these days? 
the, the simple answer, and I know we, we, we broadly had this conversation in the Man Cave group, but I thought it was it was good to share it with a wider audience, mate. The simple answer is exactly in, in your response there, your question. Most people have HD. The thing is, if, if you're in business, let's say you're running Channel 9, and you're making, I don't know, $100 million in a week or a month or whatever the heck their revenue is, yep. um, because you've got uh, 25% of the audience, all right? That's that, they're the kind of weird numbers, let's call them. And someone says to you, listen, let's do everything in HD. And you go, well, what's the, what's, what's the cost of that? You go, oh, no, it doesn't cost anything physically. What's the risk to it? Well, the risk is that there's 5% maybe. Now, when I was at SBS kind of five, six years ago, we thought it was around 10%. It's probably 5% now of all televisions in Australia don't have HD. And wow, they, that's higher than what I thought it would have been. Yeah, absolutely. And and that's that's the original style HD. There's also a much larger number of people who don't have the more modern MPEG-4 standard of HD. So you're, you know those new channels they created, Nine Rush and Flick, yep. Seven Flicks and all that? That's all um, using this new transmission standard called MPEG-4. If you don't have a TV from the last kind of six, seven years, it, it, it won't be able to see those channels. So, okay. you, so you, that would rule out probably 30% of the audience. Now, 30% is a big number. You're just going to say, no, nah, let's, let's shelve that. But even 5%, are you willing to give up 5% of your audience for the quality of everyone else? Probably not. I think the answer is yeah. no. <laughs> yeah, um, definitely. And so I think it's, it's, it's hard for you and, you and I because we've got cool new TVs. We're used to watching all the latest. Even YouTube looks better. I mean, it's funny, mate. I stream. I don't have an antenna here in the office, but in the morning when I've got the Today Show and I just use the Nine Now app on the LG TV, and yep. I, honestly, I look at it every now and then and go, wow, look at the quality of that. Because it's like it's probably only um, 720 HD, but it's 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 kind of full bandwidth 720. And yep. for the full um, TV nerds, even the HD channels aren't full 1080. They're 1080, but they use a bit of compression and all these other things to kind of fit it into a smaller space. Whereas if you've ever watched Foxtel, Foxtel HD channels look spectacular. Because they've got this huge satellite bandwidth that they pump it down, and there's no compromise on their quality, and that's to that's to Foxtel's credit. That's their big advantage is the quality of their picture. But mate, we're never going to get that on free-to-air TV because a the risk of audience, and b they would prefer to create more channels and more content opportunities and more advertising opportunities than give you better quality. Not because they don't want you to, but because the the real true commercial benefit just doesn't exist do you really think people will pay more or watch more ads because it's in full high definition probably not no no interesting it's a good question though, mate. I, th- I really do think it is especially in these times when you've got this kind of almost exclusivity over the tennis like that but mate if you haven't checked out and this is not an ad for channel nine for channel seven do similar things with their sports coverage as well but man i was blown away by the nine now app um, during the tennis when they have those heaps and heaps of games on and you're just yep. flicking through it on an internet stream like a channel change. You just, it's, every court was a different channel. It was so good. Yeah, I was. I ended up using some of that, as you said, in the first week or so. Um, but, uh, yeah, it came because I didn't realise, I mean, I don't use free-to-air, to be honest. I live on KO these days. Yeah. That, um, that that there's a like a gem standard def and a high def and right. don't wouldn't that cost more for the the, the um, 
companies to run both or is it sort of a similar? It's pretty much, um, so the issue is really, there's two issues. One is cost of actually sending out the signal, creating the signal. And the second one is the space in which it takes up. So what you do is you allocate, uh, I've done it, it's been a long time since I don't know, but let's call it 13 megabits of space. And and you simply do a calculation. I had all these spreadsheets at SBS going, what, how should we do, you know, SBS2 or Viceland? And it was like, Let's make that an MPEG-4 channel. It'll take up, like, it'll take up four. Um, then we've got, you know, nine left. Let's put another one on there. That'll, that'll take up three. And so you're just allocating bandwidth. And okay. so the SD channel, they would put gem in SD for the audience reach, audience number, yep. um, because the gem in HD is MPEG-4. So putting the gem in HD as the only version of gem would exclude, my guess, 30% of the audience. And so they're, they're, they're willing to have that use of space, the extra two megabits or whatever it takes up, because they can't compromise the, the, the revenue by losing a huge audience. Okay. So it's all about the reach. It's got nothing to do with they're being told by the government that they need to nothing do it in SD. All. Nothing okay. at all anymore. There, there is a government requirement of sorts, but it's it's – it doesn't say that the standard definition has to be the, the main channel, which is also the reason, as nerdy as this is, why channel 9, channel 7 are standard definition because channel 70 and channel 90 are high definition. If you switch that around, right, so that channel yep. 9 was high definition and channel 90 was standard definition, which we're thinking, you and I are thinking, of course that's logical, right? Make high definition the default. But yep. the problem is for that 5%, which is, mate, that's our grandparents. <laughs> they they flick on Channel 9 and it says no channel available and they just go, well, fine, I'll just watch Channel 7 News instead. And yep. they lose the audience. So it's the same reason why the standard definition is the default channel. Nothing to do with the government. Cool. All right, buddy. Hope that clears it up and it was a good chat, a good conversation, mate. Thank you very much. Thanks All for right, the call. Mate, stay well. Cheers, buddy. And uh, if you've got a question, see, I think the fun thing about that question is it's not – it's just like an inquisitive thing. Now, fortunately, I do have a wealth of knowledge in this area because it was a big part of my role at SBS was working out what the hell we were doing with spectrum allocation and you know putting to the board different options and alternatives for extra channels and all those things. And I'm sure it's progressed a long way since then, don't get me wrong, for all the channels. But the, the core principles remain, are we willing to lose audience by making this change? And it's, it's amazing. So... I actually love those calls. I love those questions because they make us all think. So, you know, no disrespect to our other callers and their their specific uh, technical questions about, you know, whatever it is, but having a more broad conversation about a big technology is, is fascinating. So welcome that at any time. Uh, just go to the website, eftm.com, click on Ask Trev. Always happy to get your emails. Here's a question for you, um, and it kind of, it, it's one of those ones I'd really love to get your feedback on. Hit me up on uh, on Twitter or go to the website and click Ask Trev. Um, I was thinking about car vehicle technology, whether it's safety or infotainment. Um, what was the car I got into the other day? A Hyundai i30 base model. I'm in, a, I'm in another one up the N line at the moment, which is a lot more expensive. But And I was thinking about the, the technology in it and... Just the really simple things like, for example, um, I was sitting at a satellite, not daydreaming, but I don't know, maybe I was on the map on the, on the screen using CarPlay, not illegal on my phone. I always keep that away now. Um, 
you know, checking the nav or changing the route. And the car beeped at me and said, the car in front has begun moving away. And I thought, what an awesome feature. And it's one of those ones that's probably buried in the list of cool things that the car can do. But it was just awesome. I thought, that is brilliant. Now, you've got, you know, beeping alerts for parking. You've got cameras here. Some cars, when you're reversing, have a kind of guide on, this, on, the, on the screen that shows you which way the, um, the, the, the car is going to go and all those different things, which is awesome. But I wonder what the little things are that, here's my question, in your own car, what's the one thing that maybe you didn't realize was there or didn't sell you on the car, but you love the most uh, in terms of technology? And the other one is, if you haven't bought a car in a while or you started looking around, what's the thing that really draws you to a car other than Apple CarPlay? Because I think that does draw a lot of people or Android Auto. In terms of stuff that's built into the car with no other thing. Like I was in a car recently that has Exit Alert. I think it's the new Kia Carnival. Jaguars and stuff have them as well, I'm sure. But you you go to open the door and it kind of flashes a big red light if it detects a, like a cyclist or another car coming down. So you don't open your car door onto someone or something. That kind of stuff's amazing to me. Rear cross traffic alert. You're backing out of your driveway and it, or a car space at the shops and it beeps at you because there's a car coming from perpendicular to you that you can't see, but it can see because of the sensors. Like stuff like that is mind blowing to me. So I would love to hear from you about what you either have in your car or the thing that is you think is a requirement to be in your next car. Um, you know, what, what, what are you seeing that you really want to make sure is in your car in terms of safety or infotainment technology? Let me know, and uh, I'll, I'll be interested to, to hear your thoughts. EFTM. This is the EFTM Podcast. EFTM Podcast. Um, I just want to give a shout-out directly to those people who did put in reviews, and there are a fair few. I'm really sorry to do this, but Shane uh, says, fantastic show. Thank you. And he, he was talking about the ACCC episode. Macca, um Found this podcast now and I'll wait for the next episode to drop every week. Good on you, Macca. Uh, quality tech podcast. And again, appreciated the Google chat. Um, Dish. I love the nicknames that you ha- that you get or you've used and you don't realize they're going to be public sometimes. Love the podcast. Listen every week. Thank you, mate. Huntley13, great podcast, informative. Um, we need more Aussie tech content and Trevor and his mate Stephen are the best ever. Good on you, bud. Um, Vulcan LR. Uh, a great weekly listen. Through the iterations of Trev Podcast, he's continued to keep his listeners informed on the latest tech and lifestyle trends. The support and advice Trev gives to his callers help them directly and indirectly benefits the rest of his listeners. Have upgraded a lot of tech off the back of Trev's advice. My apologies to you and your family, Volcana. Um, Surf Jez says, start to date and uh, also has a great F boy FB is in Facebook community. Thank you, mate. And please, please join the EFTM Man Cave. Just go to Facebook, click on groups and search the EFTM Man Cave. We'd love to have you there. Um, I try and respond to as many of the conversations that are there um, and the the great team that help with that um, make sure that everyone's happy and polite, which is good. A Hippie 9, excellent show. Um, used to listen to your tech life. Disappointed when Trevor ended this podcast. Delighted that I've rediscovered EFTM. As someone in the late in their late 60s, I find this show very helpful. Thank you very much. Mad Macool. Mad Macool. Uh, excellent tech podcast. Love the way Trev never beats around the direct issues. Um, working away two weeks at a time, driving 12 hours a day to pass the day, help wisely choose products for the future. Good on you, mate. That is a tough, uh, tough gig. We appreciate that one. A couple more. Um, Cam Kelly, love the podcast. 
Uh, makes it easy to digest today's technology. Appreciate that. Busy Mum says, great tech podcast, entertaining podcast for the tech savvy. Great listen on my daily commute. Slade 12, you always do a great podcast. Um, you help people live on the show. Very good. Thank you, mate. And Glasses Jono says, on the pulse and informative. Thank you, my man. And Russ Tech, Russ Keys from Melbourne. Uh, he Instagrammed this to me as well. Recently started listening to your podcast via the Daily Talk Show. And shout out to Josh and Tommy doing a great job. I've, I've rekindled my passion there. So hopefully to try and get five episodes a week into my ears out of that. Uh, great mix of tech, cars and lifestyle. The holy trinity. I agree, Ross, Russ. I really do. Great work, guys. Look forward to listening to many more. Love the reviews and often refer this podcast to friends. Please do. It's great when you refer to your friends because that helps other people find the show. So there's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, thirteen odd there. If you've sent me an email, I'll try to get onto it as quick as I can. If you haven't sent an email and you left a review, send me a screenshot or just identify yourself. I will send you some stickers. It means a lot to me that you go to that trouble. Um, let's keep going. Trevor Long taking your calls. Tech questions. Go to the website, eftm.com. G'day, David. Hi, Trevor. Mate, where are you? I'm currently going over the Hawks River Bridge northbound to Newcastle. What size truck are you in? Oh, semi trailer. Jesus, okay. Uh, 48 foot trailer. I want to run an experiment with your permission. I'd love you to put your AirPod in. I know you've got one. I want to, I want people to be able to hear the difference between a phone call on hands free and the noise cancelling that AirPods offer to the other end caller. Whack it in, whack in the AirPod. Here we go. How's that? Man, it's so much better. And I think you're, you're going to love hearing this back because it's going to prove to you why you should always use the AirPods for your phone calls. Yes, exactly. Wow. Man, I, honestly, it's it's something I'm, I'm actually going to test um, probably in the next month. I'm going to get all the wireless headphones I've got and make a bunch of calls just to myself kind of thing. I've got to logistically work that out. But And I was thinking I'd just put a big speaker in the background with kind of white noise on and, and hopefully demonstrate that very thing so that's useful Matt. it's inspired me to get ahead and do that but what can i do for you buddy um i pre-ordered the arlo essentials doorbell the wireless one the yep. new one yep um so once it was released it was mailed out to me from jb hi-fi um the only settings i changed on it was to make it activate if someone's just in the doorway and I'm lucky to get 15 days battery life. And that's probably about anywhere from four to six recordings a day. Are those recordings actual door, doorbell presses or are they motion recordings? No, it's motion recordings, me just leaving for work and coming home. Yeah, right, okay. So I'm, I'm going to be honest with you, that's a similar experience to mine. And I've got two of them. I've got one at home and one at the office. So I bought one yes. the same as you, pre-order. I went, I want one. I knew they'd send me one to review, so I thought I'll, I'll have that at home. But I thought I'm definitely going to want one for the office because I've really lacked that video doorbell. And I spend at least three afternoons at home these days with the kids. So missing couriers is a real pain in the ass. But... I reckon for the first month, I had the same thing. I was going about two weeks, and it get, you get the low battery alert on the email or the, or the pop-up. And yes. Oh, to be honest, I'm in a rhythm now. I just make it one of the kids' chores to take the doorbell out and charge it. But I'm, right, I'm okay. hearing you. It's frustrating, right? So here's what I've done to extend it. Now, there's no way I'm getting past a month, but, but let, here's what I've done to extend it. Those, those motions where you walk out the door, why the hell do you need those? 
right? So what you do, what you do is you need to set up a schedule. So you want to set in the in the Arlo app under mode. There's armed, disarmed, and schedule. And you go into the schedule and you say, absolutely, I want the doorbell armed from, you know, 10 p.m. through to 6 a.m. And I also want the doorbell armed from, like in our case, it's kind of 8.45, my wife's gone, until about 3 p.m. That's when there's broadly no one at home. Spoiler alert right. to the, to the um, crooks listening. But there's 50 cameras on my house, so good luck getting in, you bastards. Um, but w- let me be clear, when it's disarmed, you still get the doorbell rings. So right, okay. it, it, someone can still ring. The, the thing can be disarmed 24-7 and never record motion and you will still get the doorbell rings. And, and does that help with battery life? Absolutely, because it's not about how many recordings you're getting. It's about its alert status. So because it's armed at all times, it's constantly looking and thinking. Whereas if it's able to go, oh, breathe, you know, relax. I'm just going to chill here until someone presses a button and then I'm going to yep. come to life. So in, in honesty, our doorbell is probably going to now last well over a month because I've turned it off completely because we've got alerts at the front door with another Arlo. I've got alerts at the front of the house with another Arlo. I don't need the doorbell for motion alerts. I just want the doorbell so that my doorbell rings on my phone and I can look at video if I choose to. So... I, I get that's not probably the ultimate solution because people you're a bit sold on it as being a, a you know a video camera recorder, but if you think of it more as a doorbell, and then add the overnight and when you're not at home security status, you'll get more battery life. I don't know how well, much more, but I'd, I'd love to find out. Yeah, well, I'll, I'll I'll tell you, I've got about thirteen or fourteen ring cameras, so I don't need it as motion i just need it as the doorbell so well, i'll do that 13 or up. 14 ring cameras yes where uh there's three three across the front there's one in the garage there's one at the side gate there's one at the laundry door there's one at the dining window the back door two on the other side and one in the garden shed hey, how many was that jesus um, this is just over years of buying them. Yeah, exactly. I know, uh, oh, mate, I feel your pain. But here's my biggest question. Why did you buy the Arlo and not the Ring doorbell? I did have the Ring doorbell, but I had the original one. Yeah, it was rubbish. And, and exactly like what you and Stephen say about them, people already walking out the driveway yeah. when you get the notification. <laughs> so. It's funny because I don't know if you got it really, really early on. And I look back at my original review of that and I go, like in hindsight, it doesn't make sense, but it was so true at the time. Every It was amazing. It did work. It was cool, but it's not until you notice the things can be better that you realize the product yes. you know, evolves, and that's why I prefer the Arlo now. But the Arlo voice doorbell I had, frankly, was just as good as what I've got now because in hindsight, I don't need the video on the doorbell. I've got the video from the other camera. So yeah. battery life-wise, I'm probably better off with the Arlo voice doorbell given the number of Arlo video cameras I have. But... In your case, mate, honestly, disable the motion alerts because you've got that covered with other security systems and think of it yep. just as a doorbell. And, as le- a doorbell. And, and let me know how much. So charge it this weekend, full, 100%. Yep. Change that setting and let's see how many weeks you get out of it. I'd like to hope you're going to get a month. What What do you think of the geofencing activation of it? it it's good, but I've always struggled with it and it, I believe it will. I justify it to myself in saying it's because I change phones every friggin' six weeks. And so... I have this problem uh, where I leave the phone in the house that's my old phone and yeah, so, it doesn't actually work. And so I have yeah. – like you need to be 
a, you know, a couple or a single person that is, you know, on a routine. So yeah, in yeah, theory, okay. in theory, it's brilliant. And I've, I've not seen any negativity about it. I've just not been very good at it because I'm always switching phones. And if I look at my device list, it's got like 10 devices listed and some of them I can't untick because they're still active and, ah, oh, it's just a nightmare for me. But that is a very unique situation. Yeah. Well, I'll give that a go. I'll, I'll disarm it from those times that I'm, I'm obviously home and I'll, I'll go from there. But it, it's just funny because they advertise up to 60 days battery life. And I, I bet you there's an asterisk somewhere that tells you on what settings that is. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, but just remember, you've got security, so you don't need it for yes, that. Um, yes, yes, You've got exactly. a lot of security. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right, Dave. Mate, great right. experiment with the AirPods. Let me know how you go with the Arlo battery over time, okay? Yep, I certainly will. Good on you, buddy. Thanks very much, Thanks, Trevor. Have Thanks a good day. Thanks for your support. Cheers, mate. And uh, if you've got a question like Dave, get in touch. Awesome um, example of the AirPods there. I, I, I've only done that once before. Um, I'm going to say it was when Plantronics launched the Voyager Pro, which is still the headset I use for radio interviews. And I remember... No, was it that or was it a H- when HD Voice was launched by – no, it was a Voyager Pro. I remember it was back at Your Tech Life podcast. Um, I remember sending one to someone and they turned it on and I went, wow, it was rain. I'd, I'd love to know if anyone listening remembers this call because it was years ago. There was rain on the car and it literally just sounded like the rain disappeared. It was brilliant. Um, but I will do that um, example of headphones in the weeks ahead. Uh, get in touch anytime you like. You know how to do it. Thank you for listening once again. appreciate your support and your company here on the show. I better get this in the can so I can go and pick up the kids from school or there'll be drama. Um, thanks for getting in touch. Jump on the Twitter, at Trevor Long. Um, you can email me via the website, EFTM. I feel like I should turn off Twitter. I keep saying that, but anyway. Um, I saw Joe Hildebrand brushed it and I thought, that's so easy. Good on you, mate, you're legend. Um, maybe I should do the same. Maybe I should stick to Facebook. Maybe I should stick to Instagram. I'm sucking into TikTok. So just so you know, I started a TikTok account. I haven't been really doing much, but um, I have put a couple up. Um, so Trevor Long AU is my TikTok username. Um, I did a thing the other day from the cloud story we were shooting, which is on air now. You can find that on my Facebook page. Just go to trevorlong.com. That'll take you to the Facebook page. But um, yeah, follow me up on, on TikTok. Let's let's make something of it. Let's work out what the hell it is. But otherwise, Instagram at trevorlongau, and you can find me everywhere. Thanks for listening. Thanks for downloading. Let's do it all again soon.